Welcome to the F1 Fantasy Podcast. I am Pierce Dietrich. You can follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. You can also follow all of my content and work at RaceForThePrize.com. If you want to get access to this beautiful spreadsheet and all of the resources that I can provide you, the notes, 30, 40, whatever pages of notes, then go to the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash DFS. Or if you go to raceforthepriz.com, you can click on that red button. It'll get you there. And that's how you can get access. You can say, hey, I support. I appreciate. I love what you're doing. Here's how I can do it. Now, you don't have to do it forever. Maybe you just do it for a month. And here's the pitch. Basically, I'm doing all the work for you. Collecting, aggregating all the resources, all the data, so that you could just simply start building lineups and have fun playing Fantasy F1 and have fun playing Fantasy NASCAR, doing it all for it. Basically, everybody can make a cheeseburger or everybody can make a pizza, but do you want to go to the grocery, get all the stuff, bring it home, put it all together, cook it, then you eat it, then clean everything? Do you want to do all that work just to eat that? Or do you occasionally, every once in a while, go out and eat a pizza? And the money that you spend on a pizza or to go to a fancy place to get a burger for one meal, well, you can spend that to get access to all this data that you can use over and over and over again. And all the notes you can use over and over and over again. That's basically what we are doing here. We're doing the work for you. We're making the cheeseburger. You just simply get to enjoy the cheeseburger. Are you paying a price to do it? Yes. But by paying that price, you don't have to cook. You don't have to clean. You don't have to grocery shop. I do all the work for you. Try to make it easy. But where are the picks? All right, let's try to get some picks. This is post-free practice Two, we still need to watch Free Practice 3, although Free Practice 3 doesn't really give us a lot of information. It will answer some of our questions like, what's going on with Ferrari? Are they going to be okay? Uh, What's going on with Sonoda? But it doesn't really give us any pace race run ideas. It's more information. We got to see qualifying again. And then also I need to spend Saturday watching all of the drivers on board. I've watched all of Max Verstappen's laps. I've watched all of Checo Perez's onboard laps. I watched Ocon's onboard laps. It's an amazing thing. You watch fantasy NASCAR podcast or practice, it's a waste of time. Even on regular tracks, a lot of times it's a waste of time because you're at the mercy of whatever Fox or NBC decides to cover. And half the time they're just selling stuff. They're doing whatever a sponsor, telling some storyline. They're putting up graphics on the pages. You don't get to see anything. Whereas with F1 TV, you can just go back at any time and just flip on and watch any driver's onboard camera and watch every single one of their laps. How good are they getting in and out of the last turn? How are they good? Are they going through turns one and two? Is this guy noticeably better? Did he make a mistake here? Did he overshoot turn one? You can watch every single turn, every single lap from every single driver and really get deep into it. Or again, you can just go to my notes because I'm trying to do that. Maybe you don't have time to do that. Maybe you don't have an F1 account. So maybe just, hey, I appreciate your work. I support you. Here's some money. Let me see your notes. Let me see what you gleaned from watching all of Verstappen's laps or all of uh, Checo's laps. I still have to do that. So this is still early. So the picks that I'm giving you here may not be my final answer. They're not my final answer. It's not my final answer. But if you like this early version, like the video right now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Retweet my tweets. Follow me on Twitter at Race for the Price. Also, I don't have money. I get it. That's fine. There's tons of free content here at DK Nation. Free fantasy rankings every week for F1 and for NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series. There's videos there for F1. There's videos there for Cup Series. And they're professionally produced. You might see them on other platforms every once in a while. They're doing pretty well because I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst, and I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Yes, if you're new here to the fantasy podcast, I do affirmations. They work. Done. They work. Stick with them. Oh, you're crazy. Whatever. It's okay. Call me crazy. I am crazy. 
Welcome to the Fantasy Podcast. <laughs> it gets pretty crazy right here. We're charting pretty well. I can't believe it. Uh, for all the years that I've been doing this podcast, just now, am I really ranking high? And I can't explain it. The numbers aren't really up, but the Apple algorithm loves the podcast all of a sudden. The Google algorithms got me up with like Dale Jr. podcast levels. This is pretty freaking insane. But the numbers are, but the numbers aren't high. I don't know what's going on. It's awesome. Let's keep riding the wave. What are we like, pod? What are we like, picks wise? Again, it's early. We still need to see things. All right, Charles Leclerc, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think he's going to win? So we wanted to see some race pace from the Ferraris. We wanted to see what they had. We did not get to see that because both Leclerc and Signs scraped the wall. And so we don't have the lap two data that we would like to see. They went out, ran some hot laps. Cool. That's great. Then when everybody switched over, second half of free practice two, we didn't get to see that from Ferrari. We didn't get to see what was their pace from either Leclerc or from Signs, And we shouldn't really be surprised because, A, it's probably a hangover. They haven't really won or put two guys on the podium in forever. And so is anyone surprised that this could be a letdown week? And then especially when you're comparing that to two Red Bull who are probably as hungry as ever and going to be as aggressive as ever and want to win more than ever. And they definitely want to get points. They definitely want to create space with Mercedes. I mean, they can't create space. They got to close the gap with Mercedes. But Mercedes is going to get it together eventually. Red Bull knows that. And they know now is the time to strike. And they should have started striking last week. So they've got to pick up the pace yesterday. And also, they're hungry. They want to win. They want to prove. They want to say, hey, whoa, 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 not so fast, Ferrari. Meanwhile, Ferrari was probably partying for a couple days. Kind of maybe it looks like the way. Also, we know Leclerc runs on the edge. And you saw that last week. One of the reasons why he kind of didn't roster Leclerc is because he spun out several times at Bahrain. He also had the issue with Sonoda. We didn't get to see the laps. Well, here we are again, fast forward a week later to Jetta Street Circuit, and we don't get to see the laps from Leclerc again. Yikes. But that's kind of going to be the story with Leclerc. Remember, he spun out twice in practice last week. Um, he hit the wall at Jeddah. Uh, Leclerc got into an issue last year. It wasn't really his fault, but it's a tight track. He's on the edge. It's it's almost, I mean, I'm really shocked. If you're watching that Bahrain race, that he didn't make any mistakes. He ran a perfect race. A driver that's absolutely on the edge of speed. Didn't spin out. Didn't make any mistakes. I couldn't believe it. The whole time thinking, well, Leclerc's going to make a mistake and Max is going to attack. Didn't happen. Ran a perfect race. Is that going to happen again? I don't know, but there are some concerns there. So we go back, and I just have to say Leclerc probably going to be at two right now. We'll see how free practice three goes. Obviously, I want to see them on the track a little bit more. Verstappen's the guy. I love everything that we saw at Verstappen. And again, this week, the laps are fine. I'm not going to overanalyze Bahrain. I think he was fine. He probably made some mistakes, but here we are again. We fast forward. The laps are better than anybody else's for Verstappen if we go based on um, – Right here. I mean, you look at the race run. There it is. Uh, you can look at my specific race notes to see why this individual lap gets slowed down. That's one of the beauties of watching every driver's on board. You can find out, like, well, what happened here? Was it traffic? What was going on? And then you can say, okay, well, I can ignore that. He's going to be fine. Uh, we look at two uh, best four-lap average. I don't know if he's going to have a best four-lap average because of that slow lap in between, which kind of hurts us here. 
but it'll have this. And I imagine that right there is probably going to be good enough that 95.5, 95.0, which would be a one minute 35, 135. If you're listening to the broadcast, they'll say a 35, 5, 35, one minute, 35 seconds or 95, whichever way you want to say it. That's fine by me. We're going to go with these numbers because this is a way to make the spreadsheet calculate it easier. 95.5, 95 flat, 95.1, 95 flat. Those are pretty good times. 94. 95.2. Those are very strong numbers. Uh, let's go over to the practice sheet two. Let's look at the four lap average for Verstappen. And he's number one with a 95.2. Here we are again. Um, he was fastest last week and he was fast last week. He just never quite had that clean air. It could have been a completely different story if he made his passes. I, I just can't see a reason not to play him. We'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Lewis Hamilton. I haven't dug too much into his data just yet. Again, we free. Practice two, still early. But the porpoise thing that I thought would be a problem because of the high speed, uh, straight, not really straight stretches, but it's almost like there's 7 million turns and curves at Jeddah. And oh, there's so many turns, but there's really not. I mean, they're weaving. They're they're not decelerating. They're not letting up the throttle that much. Uh, It's a very fast track, right? 333 kilometers per hour by, uh, by Checo Perez yesterday, which I think is like 208 miles per hour. They were flying. They're flying. And the faster you go on these straight stretches, uh, you're going to create some problems with porpoising. And, of course, they did. And Hamilton said multiple times, I'm bouncing out of control. And you look at the numbers and say, yeah, probably. Uh, Another big thing to look at when you see just look at the pure fastest lap here. Uh, Hamilton, hey, not so bad. But Verstappen laid down the second fastest lap on medium tires, on medium. Checo Perez was flying 333 miles per hour on medium tires. Whereas these other top competitors like Leclerc and Hamilton were on soft, softer tires. That is, again, impressive from the Red Bulls. And it wasn't just the Red Bulls. If you watch P1 and then good parts of P2, uh, AlphaTauri was fast at times. So the Red Bull power unit looks pretty good. Now, again, we can't be too confident and comfortable because, of course, Sonoda's, we had some sort of failure. I don't know the specifics of that yet. We'll find out what happened with Sonoda. We'll see in free practice three if everything's fine. They'll explain that, and we will be a lot more comfortable and confident in that. Of course, it can't be easy, right? We always have to worry. So, Hamilton uh, still on the edge of the podium. They're just not there. The Mercedes aren't there. George Russell's just not there. I'll put him at fourth right now. Maybe you can bump that up, but I'm confident that Ferrari's going to be fine. It's going to be for the first couple races here. The cars with the best power. And, I mean, the, the, it seems like the Red Bull engine is the most powerful at the moment, and the balance of the car is the best. I think Ferrari's probably there too. We just can't say it because we haven't seen it in practice but they seem to have plenty of power across the board between their customers and Ferrari. And they seem to have pretty fine balance. So I would expect that to be the same case here at uh, Saudi Arabia. And you just got to put Hamilton and those guys kind of, it's going to be a wait and see approach. It's not even a wait and see. It's just wait. Eventually they're going to figure it out. But right now is not the time to play them. And if his price comes down some more, we're going to be able to consider him but it's got to come down significantly more than that. Carlos Sainz, um, you know, he got the podium last week, but he probably wasn't going. To, he wasn't going to get the podium. Well, yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. He needed those. Uh, he needed at least Max to have the issue. He wasn't a second place driver. Probably wasn't a third place driver. Eh, I think he probably gave him third place. Either way, 
Leclerc has been the faster. Uh, this is probably a little high. Let's go ahead and give him three as his max. I really like Checo Perez. And I, you watch his laps. Um, so if you're comparing Max versus Checo, you watch the laps. It's very close. What do we have four lap average wise? So it's one and two. 95.2 for Verstappen. We look at four laps. 95.22. Now, that is very interesting, isn't it? Look how close they are. And you can look at the laps. And this is going to need further inspection throughout Saturday and in the wee early hours of Sunday morning. But Perez was pretty smooth. From my eye, now I'm no super expert, close enough. Verstappen was smoother, especially in one and two, and was much more aggressive as well in one and two. Uh, Checo, it seemed like he was playing a little safe, but he wasn't tiptoeing it. You, you watch other drivers, and they're really taking it easy and really not getting the most out of the car in one and two. Now, it's maybe because they can't get the most out of their car. They don't have a car that's fast and has balance. But when we look at going in and out of four, maybe a slight edge to um, – I think I put something in the notes about this. I was looking over at, um, you know, you can watch the tracing of every single lap. It looked like Verstappen was able to break a little bit later and get on the throttle a little bit sooner out of the final turn. And then even into turns one and two, which are going to be some pretty pivotal spots in this race. And so that's a big boost to Verstappen. But you look at it and you'll see that Checo had more top speed and top speed is going to be huge on these DRS in these DRS zones, these straight, I don't want to call them straight stretches, high speed stretches where you can activate the DRS and overtake someone. So it's not uh, beyond reasonable doubt. It's within probability that Verstappen could be better in those specific places, but still get passed by, uh, Checo because Checo has the high end speed. Now you can't roster them both and Red Bull. You got to pick one or the other. I'm probably leaning Max right now, but I'm going to go back and watch the data some more. Let's see how free practice three shakes out. But uh, this early, I still I think that you have to build some Checo lineups, and if not, maybe you leverage towards Checo because he could lead the lap. So it would be Checo and Red Bull or Max and Red Bull. I don't think that you can go with the Checo and max lineup because if you do that you can't play red bull and they're going to just score a ton of points we saw that last week with ferrari what was ferrari's score in fantasy can i pull that up i've got the wrong sheet up don't i of course i do of course you do um let me see if i can pull uh, whatever uh, pull it up later you can pull it up on your own if you go to raceforthepriz.com and you join the patreon and then you can get access to that data. So there is a teaser. So please sign up, become a Patreon, support the work we're doing. And you can see exactly the boatload of points that Ferrari scores. And you'll be giving up that boatload of points with Red Bull if both of those guys have a good day. Of course, you're going to score a bunch of points with these guys. But again, if you play both uh, Verstappen and um, Checo Perez, you don't get that bonus with Perez. Or one of them is only going to get the teammate bonus. Um, but you definitely need your eyes on them. I can't answer the questions about Leclerc and Signs right now, but I'm not going to overreact to them brushing the wall and saying, hey, we're going to take it easy on practice. The cars are going to be fine. The, the damage to Leclerc looked pretty minimal. It will be fine. You've got the best engineers in the world. The car will be fast. The car will be fine. He's going to get plenty of reps. He'll be good to go. But he is missing out on a lot of reps. And they didn't go into free practice one. They didn't run a lot like the other teams. They were the last on the track in practice one. Kind of like, hey, we are the leaders. We're the big dogs. We won last week. You guys go out first. 
all right. And so they didn't get a lot of laps in practice one. And then they both wreck in practice two. They didn't collect a lot of data. They didn't adjust their car right. Everybody is learning from free practice one to free practice two. So there's a race to who can learn the most, who can build the best, who can add more to it. And if we're saying, all right, Red Bull versus Ferrari yesterday, who had the best day? Who was able to build up their notebook and collect the most data to make their car faster today? It's, it's Red Bull without a doubt. So now we start the race over and Red Bull has an advantage data-wise. Ferrari's got some catching up to do. Now, obviously, Ferrari had all the 2020 season and 2021 season to build their notebook, and that clearly was the case last week at Bahrain. But I don't want to overreact to one practice. But if I had to decide right now, it's Red Bull again for me. But don't completely write off uh, Ferrari. Then you got Mercedes where they are. They are where they are. They is what they is. Let's look at Russell's laps real, real quick. Not fast, number one, pre-practice two, number six. Hey, that's about where you expect George Russell to be, right? He's behind the Ferraris, he's behind Red Bull, and he's right behind uh, Lewis Hamilton. It's not an insult, but it's just where he is. It's good. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, if if Ferrari didn't have this huge advantage, it wasn't this monster, then they would be kind of like where Valtteri Bottas, Valtteri, Valtteri Bottas was the past previous season. It's fine. It's okay. His price has come up a little bit. We'll see. I mean, last week he ended up in the optimal lineup because they he made a mistake. They had an unconventional strategy in Q3, and he made a mistake on top of that. So he had a poor starting position and was able to slide into the optimal lineup. Then you add in the Red Bull failures. That's how he worked. At this price, if he doesn't mess up Q3 again, I don't know how he's going to work. And I think fifth is an exaggeration. Magnuson, we need to adjust this. This is a projection I had early on the week. Yes, we like Haas. We like the Ferrari engine. We like what he did in his first week. But in his first week, off the couch, he did get to run a lot of test laps at Bahrain. Remember, they ran those night laps all by themselves to get out there, get acclimated. Also, running at night, testing for then what would later be a night race. Very beneficial for Bent Magnuson. Well, now he's going to jump in to a track he's never raced at. And he's competing against competitors that raced at this racetrack, what, less than three, four months ago. So it's still fresh on everyone's mind. They still remember it. He's never done it before. Oh, hey, you know what? Making matters worse. He didn't run any laps in practice because he had issues in practice one. He had issues in practice two. It's going to be a no-go on Magnuson. The Cinderella story is going to hit pause. It's not over. Don't give up on Haas. Don't give up on K-Mag. But this looks like it's not going to be the week for old K-Mag. Um, we'll see. Obviously, he has the opportunity to make some big gains in free practice three. And we'll get to see what he does in qualifying. But got to run, what, 53-ish lap? Was it 53, 57 lap? Or no, it's 40 laps? I can't remember. We'll figure out the laps here in a bit. But it's going to be hard. Look, this is, race is probably going to be a wreck fest to begin with. It could be a race of attrition. Um, but if someone's going to make a mistake, if someone's going to have a failure, I hate to say it, but Magnuson is going to be at the top of that list. If someone is going to fail in this race mechanically, maybe the guy that's car failed twice already. If someone's going to you know, run into one of these blind turns and run into somebody at the beginning of this really tight beginning of the race, the walls are up on the track. Oh, but they expanded the walls. Well, now they're just running faster. So, K-Mag's up there. That doesn't mean he's number one going to wreck, but look, 
Who do you think's who's who's more likely? Obviously, he's up there. You got to make that kind of probability calculation in your head, and that's where he'd be. Uh, Bottas. What do I think about Bottas? Bottas. Bottas. Uh, five's probably a little aggressive. Let's go to six. Last week, clutch issues caused the spin of the tires, buried in traffic, worked his way through traffic, looked good, solid race car driver. Um, the equipment very solid. Practice, what, fifth in P1, 12th in P2. Let's look a little bit real quickly at some of these laps. Average-wise, eighth. Who was better than him? Alex Almon. Fifth lap average, four lap average. Now, not everybody ran four laps. That's impressive. We'll have to get to that in a second. Let's just look real quickly at some of these Valtteri Bottas laps. This is one that I'm definitely going to want to watch his laps over on the replay. Not a lot of laps here. Single lap run, single lap run, single lap run, single lap run. Well, so he did. Why is his average not? His average is fine. What are we doing here? I have to look at that calculation and see why the spreadsheet is saying his average Oh, third. Who was I looking at where I said he was eighth? Not the fastest, but pretty fast overall. 14 laps. Didn't run a lot of laps. Would like to have seen him run a lot more laps. Um, Top tires. Not. That is a bit of a concern right there because this is a top speed track. And I would like to see some high in speed. If you're going to need to be really fast and not necessarily need a lot of downforce, so that you can overtake people in the DRS zones. I'd like to see that a little bit. Normally, you know, I, I would lean heavier on average and four-lap average, but this is a track where I really want to see that you can really put the pedal to the metal. Um, all right, Pierre Gasly. That's fine. We'll wait and see on that. Pierre Gasly, again, looking fast in the day practice. Again, then slows down in the night practice. Overall, average lap speeds were fifth fastest. He was eighth. I'm sorry. Bottas didn't run before that. Probably. Gasly, that was eighth fastest. Okay, I think he's probably the back end of the top ten again. Uh, you could probably slide him in eighth. Lando Norris looked a little bit faster than uh, 12th. That was my theory. That was kind of his theory. Is that, all right, we've got some porpoising issues, but we're mainly lacking downforce. But maybe we're not going to need too much downforce. It's going to be more high in speed, which the McLarens believe that they have. So there's the hope. Now, let's dial, let's put this within context or whatever it is for DFS. The idea that, hey, maybe they have a chance for like real fantasy, real like F1 people. That's like, hey, can they get top fives and podiums like we were expecting out of McLaren? That's not happening. But from the fantasy perspective of, hey, they're not that close, but they're top 10 at least this week, aren't they? They've got enough speed. And especially if you think there's going to be wrecks and there's going to be chaos and there's going to be mechanical failures, then Norris is definitely a top 10 driver. Uh, irrespective of what we saw last week. And yeah, last week was a different track, and, and McLaren said you know, that could be track-specific. Our problems definitely could be track-specific with the slow turns and the downforce necessary at Bahrain. And we saw their issues in, in testing as well. We go to Jeddah, we're high speed. Maybe they can make it work. Let's look at some of... Four-lap average wasn't great. Did have a little bit more top speed than Bottas. Uh, 
you can't roll out any of these guys because of the possibility of wrecks. Fernando Alonso was faster than Ocon on the, they both went out together. It's pretty interesting to watch that run. They both line up and they go out there and Ocon seemed like he was holding with him, but then later in the run, it looked like maybe Alonso was a little bit faster. Kind of got to wait and see. You can look at both of those guys laps here at the end of the run. Uh, this slap run, I explained in the notes. If you want to look at them, let's see, where is Alonzo? So here is Alonzo's final run. Kind of picked up speed here at the end with a 95.6 and a 95.6. Akon just kind of uh, slows down a little bit. It's close. I want to look at Alonzo's laps again. 96.1, 95.9, 96, 95.9. 96 flat, 95 7, 95 9, 95 8. It's close where they are. But I got them probably right around the tail end of the top 10. Um, I am kind of leaning towards Akon over Alonzo. Esteban ran a lot better than him last week. What did they do last year at this racetrack? Let's see. Akon finished fourth. That's right, Alcon was uh, battling for the lead at one point. Well, he loses the lead on the restart. Max, Lewis Hamilton, crazy shenanigans, but that's pretty solid. He finished fourth. What did Alonzo do? He finished 13th. Look, that's not a fluke. I know it was a crazy race, but hey, he didn't have a failure last year. Uh, He didn't wreck last year, and he held off the remaining best drivers in the world in his Alpine car to finish fourth. Pretty good. Pretty awesome. So I'd like, I might even bump him up some more. Let's see what he does in free practice three. But I thought he looked pretty smooth. Clearly not on the level of Red Bull. Uh, that's actually probably a little low. Let's let's bump him up to 10. And so then he gets the bonus. And he's at 5,600. I think I like where I'm going there. I also, this is going to be a Mick Schumacher week for me. It might be a little aggressive. I believe Mick got into a big, was it Mick got in the big wreck at, or am I thinking of Azerbaijan? Yeah, I've been looking at both those races, high speed, Baku races, street races. No, Mick didn't get in the Finished 13th. That's pretty good. And again, this is maybe not so much Mick, although I think Mick Schumacher is going to continue to grow on a team with Magnussen. And they've built for this year. You've got the Ferrari engine. But this is more of a play of, I think, it's going to be a bad week for Magnuson and a good week for Mick Schumacher. Now, if Magnuson comes out in free practice three and just I – mean, he's got to let the world on fire for me to probably change my mind on this, but it looks like Mick is probably going to be there. Uh, Joe did run this racetrack in F2, I believe, so he has some experience. What did he do in practice? Uh, it's a pretty treacherous track. You know, you were last week like, oh, man, it's amazing he ran all the laps. Oh, man, it's amazing he finished in the points. But remember, he did get to test at Bar- – no, they didn't get a lot of laps in. They did get to test the week before. Not as many reps. Yeah, I believe he does have an F2 or an F3 race at the Jetta Street Circuit. But, you know, you compare last week to this week, I think this is a much more challenging racetrack. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Joe run into some sort of issue. Um, even if Joe doesn't run into an issue, and it's Joe Guan Yu, they've already one week in, and all the data feeds have flipped his name, which I guess is a specific way, but I'm flipping it back. Whatever, Joe 
he's not beating Bottas unless Bottas has a big issue. So he's not getting the five points. And so you compare him to Mick Schumacher, who, where do I got Magnuson at? I thought I changed that. I changed it in the wrong sheet. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, fix it in the right one. Let's go back and fix that. So I got him, what, 14, 6, right. Lando at nine now. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So there it is. Mick's got the 11 points. You compare Joe to Mick. It's not even a question, right? Hey, I like both the Ferrari engines, but Mick's got a lot more experience. Mick's teammate is absolutely struggling. Joe's teammate's not struggling. Problem solved there. I don't need to spend any more time on it. Ricardo is interesting. Ricardo, just simply because if he could beat Lando, he is very cheap. And if you could outrace Lando and you get those five points, that's really what it comes down to. Well, one, if there's a bunch of wrecks and a bunch of failures and Ricardo's not one of them, we could definitely see some boost in points, a little bit of place differential maybe. I'm not really crazy about that. What I really want is the win. And so one of the things that I need to do over the next day, and you probably should do, or you can look at my notes as I do it, is to just compare Lando versus Ricardo, watch those laps, have a keen eye on them. Now, we don't want to make this happen because obviously we're trying to make this value play happen, which we don't really have to. You've got Schumacher. You've got Akon. You don't really need to make it happen. But it is there. It is interesting. We know that Ricardo is obviously a great driver. The McLaren equipment's, yeah, we don't know. And that's kind of the same thing for both he and Lando. But Lando looks to be a step ahead here in practice ahead of Ricardo. We don't, I mean, yeah, he missed out on that testing. But how long are we going to use that as an excuse? What did Ricardo do last season at this racetrack? And it's tough to look at a lot of Ricardo's stuff from last season because yeah, that was his first year with McLaren. And they had issues and struggles all throughout. And they, I mean, they had some high spots, but Lando was a little bit more consistent. Ricardo finished fifth here. Boy. Now, again, their McLaren was running a lot better at the end of the 2021 season than the 2022 season, but he outraced his teammate. That is interesting. I think that's another value I want to look at. Hulkenberg, just, I don't think he's, again, he's getting thrown into the car. He's going to get a little bit more reps this week, but. No. And if you listen to the interview with Lance Stroll last week where they asked him about his teammate, he was just like, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing fine. Like he wouldn't even answer the questions kind of laughing about how do you think your teammate's doing? Yeah, well, he's out there. And that's literally what he said. And uh, Stroll, like Stroll's no world beater either, but he's got a bit of an advantage over Hulkenberg. And I, I couldn't roster Hulkenberg knowing that I don't think he's going to get the five points. Finish the 15th right here is way too much. 16th is more likely. Yuki Sonoda laid down some flat, fast laps again, especially in P1. P2, they were doing all right. Uh, the AlphaTauri Honda engine looks very strong. Uh, the only thing holding back, it seems like AlphaTauri the most, is just the drivers aren't Checo Perez and they aren't Max Verstappen. And there's other things, obviously, but they're, they're pretty solid to open the season. And there's mistakes happening, and there's yet again another mechanical failure. Let's look at some of Sonoda's laps. Um, what did he do on a longer pace race? That's not bad. I think it looks a little bit slower than what Akam was doing. So just probably just outside the top 10. You throw in some failures, <laughs> Sonoda might be one of them. And some wrecks, he could be on the other side of the top 10. Now, normally I wouldn't bank on a bunch of wrecks. But if you watch last year's race, 
And I think if you watch Azerbaijan, uh, one of these high-speed street tracks, and I know it's not the best comparison, but we're looking for something, right? We're looking for some sort of data because we don't have a lot. Of, this is what the second race at Jetta. Would love to go back and look at all these races at Jetta. You just don't have them. This is a brand new street circuit. So you kind of got to look at other stuff that may not be perfect. Another high power track. This is the best we do. That's the best we can do. Look at your practice data, whatever. Um, Lance Stroll. What did Lance Stroll do in practice? I like him to beat Hulkenberg again. That's no surprise. Did not show top speed. Did not show good average speed. Yeah. Uh, the Aston Martins are, I mean, it's basically you look at what Mercedes is struggling with and then you multiply it by three. And that's where Aston Martin is. Is I don't believe that the Mercedes have as much power as they keep saying they're doing. And I also believe, and we also know that they're both struggling with porpoising and handling. So now, whether or not the power thing is an issue, I don't think it's there. But we know the balance is an issue and handling of these cars is an issue. And so we know Mercedes is struggling. Aston Martin, which is in in even worse shape. Um, 14th is probably a little kind to him, but I will give it to him. And then you've got the Williams cards in the back. Williams, again, having tire issues. And again, for me, it's Alex Albon over Latifi. Latifi bringing it up in the back. And we look at some of these laps. They get a lot of laps, which are good, but... If we're talking about top-end speed being very significant, they did not show it. At least with Albon, we did see... So they're probably not going to qualify. They're probably not going to make it into Q2 this week. Sorry, Alex Albon, it's not going to happen, which is fine because they're just going to be our punts anyway. But at, the very, at least we can say with Albon here, he did show some decent race pace. And through attrition, it one of these Williams cars could work. You didn't need the Williams cars last week, I don't believe, in the optimal lineup. You can check that out if you go to the Patreon and sign up. You can look at last week's winning optimal lineup. What was the perfect lineup? Did it need a Williams car or not? can't remember. If the, I don't believe you needed a Williams car. Um, so there's laps real quick from Alexander Albon and see what were he, what was he clocking? I wonder what his tires were. Where is it? Right here. So there's a 961, 95.9, 96, 95.9, 95.8, 95.4. Really, this is one that I'm going to want to go back and watch. Well, I'm going to watch them all, but I'm kind of excited to see. Right? What did Alex Albon do right there at the race on that run? So I'll fire up the F1 TV and watch his lap by lap and see how he pulled that. I mean, you look at him compared to his opponent or his teammate. He's going to beat Latifi. He's going to get the five points. As, as, as a pure punt, as no problem sliding, jamming in Alex Albon. And I was a big proponent of that last week. Although people are like, oh, he's starting too close. No, he's not. This isn't fantasy NASCAR. You've got to understand how place differential works. But Latifi's all the way in the back. It's not fantasy NASCAR. You have to look at the rules, look at previous projections, or not projections, look at previous race results, which you can do. You can look at all these past races and see all the data and how all the scoring would work out if you have access to this spreadsheet and all this data and information, which you can get at racefortheprize.com. And you'll see, you would have known to say, hey, I'm not playing Latifi just because he's starting last. It ain't fantasy NASCAR. It's fantasy F1. 
your idea of, I'm just going to play the guy starting last, he'll get the place differential. It ain't fantasy NASCAR. But this guy's starting a little too close. He could go back and lose points. I'm not going to say it again. If you haven't got it by now, then you're never going to get it. So last week, Albon was the play over Latifi. That's what I said. I was right. This week, he's going to be the play over Latifi, and he's more than likely going to get stuck in Q3, and so it's not even going to take that much thought because they're going to start right next to each other. He's faster than his teammate. He's going to get the five points at the 3,200. He'll get the five points. He'll get the classified. And is he bringing up a bunch of points? No, but his 1.9 FPBK is not that much far off from these other drivers, right? His point per dollar return is not that far off from the other drivers. Yes, like the guy that wins the race and leads the laps, those numbers are going to be really high. And he's going to beat Albon point per dollar wise. But the third and fourth driver in the lineup, the third and fourth driver probably are not hitting 3X or 4X. They're probably around that two to two and a half range. So 2X from Alexander Albon has a very good probability of making it into the optimal lineup, unless Albon fails. What did Albon do in this race last season? Well, that's right. He wasn't running last season. So can't really do it. But we could probably look at Latifi. Imagine what did Latifi do in that crazy race. Latifi ends up finishing 12th. Oh, no. I've got a roster Latifi now. Latifi actually scored eight fantasy points. How about that? Beat George Russell. Now, that's crazy. But George Russell got wrecked in that race. I think uh, Mazepin. Now, maybe we won't have a wreck. Maybe this won't be crazy because Nikita Mazepin's not in this race. Oh, Maz. Yeah, Maz ran into George Russell. Uh, just an uh, arc break team. F1 people are like, what's an arc break? Now, some of the NASCAR people are like, what's an arc break? I guess an arc break is a Mazepin break in uh, fantasy F1 community, I guess is what you would call that. Don't insult Russian oligarchs. He's not an oligarch. He just owns a, a fertilizer company. That's all it is. It's a fertilizer company. Gunter here. Uh, I wouldn't call him a oligarch. He's just a fertilizer guy. Okay. <laughs> Very interesting watching the Gunter and the Haas episode of Dry to Survive. That'll do it. Thanks for joining me here on the Fantasy F1 podcast. A lot of work to do. Clock is ticking. FP3 is about to start. Cup practice is about to start. Woo! A lot of work to do today. We'll do the work. Um, I'll do the work for you. I'll make the cheeseburger for you if you go to raceforthepries.com and you click on this big red button here. That says Brandon Cruz DFS. Brandon and I will collect the data, aggregate the data, synthesize the data, do some analysis as well, give you some projections, do a bunch of work, make your life easier, make fantasy NASCAR funner, make fantasy F1 more accessible, more fun. Inclusivity. Inclusion. We don't want equity, though, because I want to win all the money, or you want to win all the money. We don't want quality of out- outcome. We want outcomes based on hard work, not someone just magically sprinkling dust on us and saying, you all get to win. I don't want you to win. I want to win. But if I don't win, then I want you to win. So we'll help each other. I'll help you by collecting aggregating data. And you can help me by going to patreon.com slash DFS. You can go to raceforthepriz.com to get there. Remember, at Race for the Prize on Twitter is how you can follow me. And you can sign up. 
be a subscriber to the Patreon. There's no long-term commitment. You sign up, you give money every month. You give money now. You give money at the beginning of every month and say, I support you. I want to be a part of this. Now, if you do it today, you will get billed on April 1st. If you sign up today because you want access to Saudi Arabia, Jeddah Street Circuit, Jeddah Cornish Street Circuit data, then yes, you're also going to get billed on April 1st. But you can look at it as a bill or you can look at it as a, a tip. You're just saying thank you. Like, hey, not only do you get to thank me today, but you're going to get to thank me and Brandon on April 1st. So don't look at it as a bill. It's not the power bill. It's not the cable bill. It's not paying gas. It's a way of saying thank you. So you get to say thank you again in a week. And by saying thank you, by giving us your generosity and your gratuity, we provide you with tons of information and resources. And if you say like, hey, I don't want to keep giving these tips, then just take it back. You can cancel at any time, raceforthprize.com, patreon.com slash DFS. If you're feeling really weird and want to have a really fun time, or not really a fun time, as I always say, about 5% of you might enjoy this, you can go to theconstrainedvision.com or you just click on the blog and you can read some of my fiction, my nonfiction, my essays. You can, I might as well go back to it. Now, again, some of you will be taken aback by it and be aghast. But there's also a social studies curriculum for American History 1, American History 2, all the way through. Uh, civics and economics curriculum, a basically a biology curriculum here at sciencestudygames.com, all these different websites that I've built, all these different resources that I've built. Tens of thousands of hours worth of content. Tens of thousands of hours worth of content. And it's not just me ad-libbing. It's Tons of research went into you know, acquiring the knowledge, then constructing the presentations, practicing the presentations, then recording the presentations. So you just see the tens of thousands of hours on the back end and not even the tens of thousands of hours of stuff that you didn't see behind the work. So it's all here at the Constrained Vision if you want to get in. Uh, hopefully, now that F1 will probably get that week before Australia get back to working on my fiction, my book. Let's pick that back up. It's close. It, it, it's working. It's building steam, but I've had to pause it because of a triple header NASCAR weekend and F1. So I had to pause it, which pains me because I want to get back to it. Anyway, that's at constrainedivision.com. You get there at raceforthepries.com by clicking on blog. Thank you for joining me here on the podcast. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Have an awesome weekend watching Saudi Arabia. Have an awesome weekend watching the Coda races. Good luck. One of you is going to win. If not me, I hope I win. But if I don't win, then I hope one of you win. Or two of you win. Maybe two of you win. Maybe we can all win. Equity!